If you're not already on it, you should head over to patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s to get all sorts of bonus extras from us. I think right now at the $5 tier, you're getting more than 30 hours of content, uh, plus some great stuff coming. We have a full-length Lethal Weapon episode about to hit there, plus the annual secret Christmas mentary. And uh, we're announcing here now for the first time that we're doing some changes on Patreon uh, starting next year. We will be bi-monthly. So the show is bi-weekly. Patreon will be bi-monthly. For so bonus episodes. February, yes. February, April, June, August, October, and December. So we like the Christmas Mentary, and we're going to keep that around. So you will get a bonus episode every other month on the Patreon feed. Uh, those are full, those are you know full-length episodes. The Christmas... Christmas Mentary has been shorter. We were not sure if that will stay shorter in the new version, but uh, it's been you know something fun. We do a lot of little commentary track to go along with it. So uh, that's what we're thinking about doing. That's what we're doing for the $5 tier. We've been talking about it for a while, so that'll be our new going forward, which means you'll get an extra favorite Spuary episode, uh, an extra spooktacular uh, Absit Moa in the years when that happens, which is most years, but maybe not every. Yeah. Uh, and just more, yeah, uh, you know. I think the only one that doesn't really have a theme is August. I mean, June is Pride Month. We usually try to do something in there. Well, Ju- June has often been on the Patreon where the um, request month, listener request month episode has gone because. Right. Because that's yeah, May. Because it's been May for a few years. Well, uh, May has been a three episode month for like two or three years in a row. So we have we usually do a listener request month when there's three main feed episodes and then also a, a Patreon. So we'll figure right. that out. Pa- Patreon. Listener request month might not line up with main feed listener request month, depending on the year going forward, but there will always be a listener request month episode over there. But uh, the other thing is, frankly, we would love to hear from you all what you'd like to see out of the Patreon. If there's different kinds of episodes you're interested in, or you want to see us do stuff that's not movie reviews, uh, we'd, we'd love to hear that. I frankly, like some of the shows I listen to, their Patreon is a completely different animal than their main feed episode, and people seem to like that. So uh, get at us. It's dissecting the eighties at gmail.com plus, you know, at dissect the eighties on Twitter or the, uh, the Facebook, uh, let us know uh, what you're looking for. What, if you're not on Patreon, the thing that would make you jump over there is, or if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, we'll put a thread up there too. But if, um, you are a Patreon supporter and there's something that you would wish we would do, or you'd like to see us do, let us know and we'll consider it. Uh, that's why we have stickers for Patreon supporters. So, uh, new folks will get all the bonus content from the archives, plus the welcome sticker and the, uh, the, the welcome letter from, from the two of us and uh, access to the full back catalog of everything. So we have our monthly newsletter and all that stuff. Uh, it's a pretty good deal, I think, and a great way to support the show. So patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Check it out and see what tier is right for you. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, a less sexy Anne Ramsey, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. Although I guess that depends on who you ask. <laughs> Firmly depends on who you ask. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was trying to change things up. It's the Christmas episode, so I decided to deliver a bird. Yeah. <laughs> um... Other one that I was considering uh, was a booby with hair. Oh, are you going to say that it's slightly, only slightly taller than Danny DeVito? <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been more clever. Is his is his height like? Would you be able to pull it? I, 
it's so I know this because I just looked it up because um, my wife and I were watching. We watched. So she's she's seen basically like no Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And you know that I am the Christmas movie Grinch. And so I was like, look, Batman Returns. No. Oh, no, baby. Oh, way worse. than. Oh, is it the Matthew Broderick one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the halls, baby. Is Kristen Chenoweth married to DeVito or to Broderick? Uh, DeVito. Matthew Broderick's wife is the third woman from Sex and the City who's not Sarah Jessica Parker, the redhead, or the one from Mannequin. The brunette. Yes. Got it. The boring brunette. (laughs) The one who has has no discerning features to Charlotte, I think. Yes, that's the one. Um, Yeah, so I was like, all right, like... Go ahead out there and look like you do some legwork. You find that, you know, click listicle of like 26 best Christmas movies or whatever. And I was like, whatever you that want. That was on a best watch. list? Well, look. Okay. This is the thing that comes up. We're getting way off track, but it's fine. I'm fine. Um, there are like eight good Christmas movies, if I'm being generous. Right. I think you can make a, a solid list of 10. I think okay. a, a solid so 10 list in, you know, the all the time they've been making Christmas movies. I think you can do that. Yeah. So there's like 10 very good ones that like most people like, you know, can agree on our good movies. And then another 10 that are like actual real movies that are made by people who actually try to make a good movie and it gets released in a theater and it's like a mainstream real movie. There's like 25 of those that are like watchable. Okay. And then... There are like 10 like Die Hard or Batman Returns that like you could put on a Christmas movie list. It is not inherently like a full Christmas movie to everyone's standards, but like some people like them at Christmas time. Yeah, they're they're perfectly adequate as Christmas movies. This is not a judgment about anyone who likes anything. I love Die Hard. It's fun. The one I always go to bat for is is Gremlins. I'm like, that is firmly a Christmas movie. Yeah. Gremlins. That's I'm like, like, it's it's literally about a Christmas (laughs) present that goes wrong. Yeah. That's not a, that is not a hot take. I I also don't feel that way about Die Hard, but whatever. I really, it's like, whatever you like is fine with me. And then there are this year. Okay. Here's a good, there's 15,000 made for streaming movies. Well, how, how many between Hallmark and Netflix and all the streaming services and stuff, do you have a guess of how many brand new Christmas movies are coming out in 2022? That are being released brand new? Yes. Um, I'm going to say 275. Okay, you're high. It's 169, which I thought was a preposterous number, but I understand why you'd go higher, because Hallmark started airing them in October. Yeah, no, I remember, because... um, What was it? I went... I was down the beach for something, and I was like, oh, let's put on the Golden Girls, because our parents do that now, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, we can't. And I was like, why? And they were like, because it's Christmas movie. It was July. That's what it was. It was Christmas in July or something. So they did Christmas in July, but October was the batch of new for 2022 Christmas movies. It started in October. Really? they made so many that they had to start that early, so they could do like one a night, basically. Yeah, it's crazy. So that is the problem when you Google Christmas movies, is now that you there are several hundred if not thousands of these ones from the hallmark channel and stuff which like if you like that that's fine right i don't care what yeah whatever i if it gives you enjoyment i think that's wonderful and i hope that you get all the enjoyment you want out of it i do not care for that and my wife 
who has watched two of those, one with my, well, maybe not one with my family. We watched one because an actor from a show we were in was in one. I was like, you want to try this? And then we were like, boy, this is barely Who a was movie. it? Uh, it was Percy Daggs the third who played Veronica Mars' best friend Wallace on mm. Veronica Mars. Okay. Uh, I've, so he was in one. I can only remember the name of two and it's because of their sequels. It's like the nine, it's the nine kittens of Christmas and then the nine lives yeah. of Christmas. I don't remember which one's first. But I like yeah. said that as a joke. I was like, I was like, oh, they're gonna run the nine lives of Christmas. And mom and dad got like, were like, hey. And I was like, I was being genuine. Like that is a real question. It's a real movie. I was. <laughs> it's the yeah, only one yeah, I remember. Like it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's like Superman's in that one. This, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I like. What I find so crazy is how like these have become such an interest industry unto themselves because they're not union movies. Oh, really? So it's like weird to me that union actors are showing up for them. They're definitely not union productions. There's no way they're too cheap. Like it just that you could they couldn't afford it. But then I thought you I think you have to be some kind of union. You you can get a waiver if you like for actors to be in non-union stuff. If you like, I don't know all the rules, but I'm well, I know it's like positive. actors equity, which is not SAG. You can get like like a theater can get X number of equity contracts so like they can the production is non non non-union or non-equity but they can put they can hire two equity actors for like the lead like beauty like bell and the beast so maybe it's something like that where they're like we were it we can hire yeah i don't i don't know the rules but i would be stunned if these were operating under full union rules one because they film entirely in canada and are like both basically full canadian productions and two Mm -hmm. it's way cheaper to be (laughs) non-union Like, way cheaper. Maybe there's a Canadian union. Maybe. I just feel like they wouldn't... Hallmark would not make 60 of these if they cost union rates. I just don't believe that. That's fair. Like, you can probably make three or four non-union for every two union. You know what I mean? Or more. Yeah, that would make sense. So... That's my guess. I'm I, happy to be proven wrong. If somebody wants to tweet at this uh, and let us know. But what I was saying with the Superman one last year is like more people have walked on the moon than have played Superman on film and television. Yeah. And one of them is in a Hallmark movie now. Like that was crazy to me. Like I know Brandon, Ruth, Ralph, everybody wants to like forget as Superman, but I thought he was he a okay it. Superman. Yeah. So and Aaron anyway. Samuels is in them now. Oh, dude, everybody's in them. Bruce Campbell's has been in multiple ones. Really? Which, yeah, which, like... You is know, he, like, someone's dad? Anything. Like, gruff I'm dad? Sure. yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost positive. I, Mom texted us about it last year, and I was like, I am not doing... I mean, good for him, I'm glad he got a paycheck, but I am not going to watch this. I would watch the one he's in, hoping that he'd be the villain. He'd be the one who's, like, trying to buy the Christmas tree farm or something. I, I think he's probably, like, the smiley dad who eats cookies in a large sweater. That is my guess. You don't think he's, like, the curmudgeon... Or I was thinking, like, curmudgeon dad. No, I think I think he's like barely in it. <laughs> I think he's like, I'll be here for three days and eat some cookies in a sweater and then I will go home to my wife. Because <laughs> mm, yeah. he lives in uh, Washington State, so he can probably drive himself to Vancouver. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, I'll see y'all later. Toot toot. And drives away. That's what I imagine. Uh, low effort is what I would expect out of Bruce Campbell. All that to say. When you go through the lists, you have those 10 movies that everybody likes. I'm getting back to a point I made yeah. 42 minutes ago. 
uh, in case people are running. So you have those 10 universal favorites. Then you have a selection of the grab bag of your Die Hard, your your uh, Batman Returns, your other like sort of like cutesy, like I'm being a little edgy. My yeah. Christmas list. Wink, wink. And then you have, depending on how long the list is, between five and 10 of the ones like Deck the Halls or, you know, The Last Holiday, which is a cute movie. You know, that one's fine. But it's like a lesser one. But like has mainstream actors. It has a real budget. It was like filmed, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so she she starts rattling off these things. It's like I just assume she would have been like, what is like find the BuzzFeed top ten list, which is just going to be like an actual like ten real movies. So it was that was exactly what it was, but it was like twenty six or something. Don't you? No, like a, that's too. Well, it was it was like a Christmas thing, right? There's like a reason that the ABC Family Twenty Five Days of Christmas thing is like half Harry Potter at this point. Yeah, yeah. Which like you can you can throw the first Harry Potter in as a Christmas movie. But after that, I feel like they're not Christmassy. No, I mean the first one isn't either. It's more like it's a family thing we one, can watch together. The first one has a lot of Christmas energy in it. There's like a lot of Christmas. There's more Christmas in it than you remember. Yeah, because it is when he gets the invisibility cloak. Yes, and he has the Christmas jumper from the Weasleys, and there's like the the roast dinner and stuff. It's more Christmassy than you remember. There's like a fair amount of Christmas in it. Okay. Like it, it's like two hours long. I'd say there's like a solid twenty five minutes of Christmas in there. Huh. All right. 20, 25. Anyway, but so th- what happened was this like she read a few of these lists and then she starts throwing these titles out to me and it's like Four Christmases, which is the one with Vince Vaughn and Renee Zellweger. And Yeesh. it's like Deck the Halls and uh, Christmas with the Cranks, which we've talked about on this podcast at length. And so I was just like, I'll watch whatever you want to watch. Like you can pick She could have come to I me. Will... I could have given some de- <laughs> some decent recommendations. Well, we she read like four of these lists, so we got some good stuff, but also we had this. And so I was flipping through some streaming service. I think it was Stars, and they had Deck the Halls, and she was like, put it on. And I was like, okay. And we lasted about 22 minutes, and she was like, I think I want to go to bed. And I was like, yeah, this movie's awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the end of it. Uh, but during the course of watching Deck the Halls, 22 minutes. like, how tall? Yeah, During the first 22 <laughs> minutes. We might have gotten to 30. Maybe I'm lying a little bit. But during the course of watching it, she was like, how tall is Danny DeVito? And I was like, I think he's like five foot two. And she's like, no, he's not. And I Googled it and he is four foot 11. Really? So to answer your question that took 22 minutes to get to an answer, uh, I I I know how tall he is, at least according to the internet. And it is four foot 11. But that's a nice, it was a nice conversation we had along the way. Has she watched a good yeah. one yet? Um, we watched Last Holiday, which I think is very cute. That's, and I forgot was that's Christmas the one with that's Queen, the, Latifah, Queen Latifah, right? Latifah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is like very sweet charming without being too uh, treacly to me. It's like not too too treacly. Yeah, um, it's very sweet. Definitely um, a whoa movie. Yeah, the the problem with that movie is there are two scenes where Queen Latifah does extreme sports, and that is one too many. Like the gag is fun once, and then they're like, "Hey, we're doing that gag again." I was like, "Yeah, I remember it from twenty minutes ago when I was watching this." Movie. It's the skiing so, and the squirrel know. suits, right? Yeah, base jumping. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we did that one. We did a lot of rom coms are like secretly Christmas movies, which you'll forget. Um, okay. We did a Netflix one called Holiday with Emma Roberts, which was like totally fine and watchable. It was like very rom com I heard that one was cute. Energy. Yeah. I liked the gay you know one that Hulu did two years ago. We watched that when it came out. Okay. I don't remember the name of it. Like Christmas season or Happiest something. Happiest like season. That. There you go. 
Uh, you know what's funny about Emma Roberts? Everybody makes a big deal I love about her. the fact that she's she's Julia Roberts' niece. Mm-hmm. But what they forget is that she's Eric Roberts' daughter, and her career is like way closer to Eric Roberts than it is Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah, she's not a Julia Roberts. No, no. Uh, she is an Eric Roberts, though. She does a lot of work. She does many movies, and she just never stops making them. That dude mm-hmm. has like, I think- Well, she, she hitched onto the Ryan Murphy train pretty early. Yeah. Yeah, and but so like, she's I'm been not even talking about also that. chugging on that. She does like seven or eight movies a year. Yeah. Plus American like Horror her Story. Dad, her dad does 15 or 16 movies a year. That dude has like 700 IMDb credits. It's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so yeah, we watched that. I can't remember what else. I've I've been forgetting to keep up with my letterbox, so I have not logged most of these. Which is not like a thing I'm embarrassed to say I'm watching Christmas movies. I just have been lazy. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, we've both been, both m- me and my wife have been sick a whole bunch. So, uh, well, if you get yeah, to Gremlins, let me know. Out. We've watched Gremlins, Gremlins before, a couple of years ago. Okay. The problem is most Christmas movies, and I'm in agreement with her on this, I don't want to rewatch every year. Like, I only have a couple movies that are annual watches for me. And hmm. so. I, I'm not I'm not into and like I I'd like to take some time away from things that I like and then come back to them. It's feel it, I personally like that's how I like to engage with the movie. So like I don't want to watch most Christmas movies every year or Halloween movies for that matter or whatever. And so it's like I need like a good number that I can rotate through that it's like, well, I haven't watched that one in a few years. I haven't huh. watched that one in a few years. And we did all of my favorites, which was, you know, Gremlins Die Hard. Uh Okay. Frank Capper, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I do. I, I do trick or treat every year, and I do Gremlins every year, and usually I do Batman Returns every year. Those are the the three that I will con- that I will consistently do. Halloween and Scream are pretty much the only two movies I watch annually. Mm. Oh, and Rocky Horror tends to make it into the Halloween rotation every year. Okay. So yeah, I just that's that a was, jack we pick. were trying to. Exp- yeah, we're trying to expand the list and, you know, there's just we've we have run out of the ones that we like and we've we've hit the 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 dregs is what we've hit. Yeah. I'm pleasantly hopeful for the Lindsay Lohan Netflix Christmas movie. I've heard it's cute. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's awful, but I, we are going to watch that one. I've heard it's, I've heard people say it's pretty cute. Like it's it is okay. it's exactly what it is. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. It's no Citizen Kane. It's not it doesn't want right. to be. It's Right, right. It's Lindsay Lohan and outfits on skis. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, just like Brendan Fraser, I'm rooting for her. Like, I, I think yeah. she got a shitty hand, and I, I, I'm delighted to see her getting a comeback. She doesn't need to be like doing Oscar pictures. That's not where she. No, goes. that is. Uh, frankly, I wouldn't have guessed that's where Brendan Fraser goes, but that's you know what we do now. So. Yeah. Although I, I think he just happened to stumble into the whale. I don't think that was like a. Yeah, from, well, from what I, what I understand, Darren, Os- Darren Aronofsky, like, went, he, Darren Aronofsky, more than Tarantino, is, like, the guy who likes to resurrect people. Hmm. Because he did this with Mickey Rourke for The Wrestler. Like, he just- Oh, I forgot that was an Aronofsky pick. Yeah, like, Aronofsky went and found him at, like, I don't know, whatever Gold's Gym. Whatever bar he was in. in. Yeah, I mean, truly. And then got him nominated for an Oscar. And then he was like, all right, next is Brendan Fraser. And then he got, got him for this movie. And um, yeah, he, 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 uh, I have like no interest in seeing the whale. It seems deeply depressing as a movie. It does. What I was a play first, which is so fascinating to me. Yeah. 
But I've loved listening to Brendan Fraser talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's he, like he talks about this role with like such a sincerity. And there's just a I didn't expect to watch the whole like half hour, but it was him and Adam Sandler who had worked together before. Uh, they were in Airheads together. Oh right 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 right. And so they have they're like actually friends. Like I don't know how close they are in day to day life, but they have a friendly relationship with each other. And they were like interviewing one another, and it was delightful to watch. That's fun. And, the best part of it was like how like they very clearly were investing in each other's careers. And Adam Sandler asked him, like Adam Sandler was very engaged, which you don't see him do a lot <laughs> of these kind of things. I mean, just being honest. And then it's kind of flips over and Brendan Fraser's like, oh, I got this list of questions I'm supposed to ask you. And they're both kind of rolling their eyes. And he's like, I want to ask you other stuff. So I'm just going to go down these myself. And he reads off the like six questions they had him wanted to wanted him to ask Adam. And he just answers them like in rapid like for form. him. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> it was fun. very funny. And it felt like very accurate. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. Down the list. He's like, all right, now let's talk about Punch Drunk Glove. He like literally bought up the paper and threw it off the <laughs> stage they were on. And he's like, let's talk about Punch Drunk Glove. And then they just had this like very interesting conversation about, you know, acting and stuff. That was It was very entertaining. So yeah. anyway. Lindsay Lohan I'm told a really board. F- funny anecdote uh, that she she's like, yeah, I'm still friends with Jamie Lee Curtis, but she doesn't call like it's so hard to get her on the phone and she also like doesn't believe that it's me when it's someone like tech i'm I'm assuming that there was obviously in her dark period people could have been you know saying all kinds of shit or like whatever sure and so she's like i'll Who's relaying this story i missed it Lindsay lohan is relaying this story about jamie lee curtis yes oh because they did that body swap they did freaky friday okay yeah yeah okay um she was like so like i'll email her and she'll be like here's an exam and it's like a list of like personal questions about fil- the filming of Freaky Friday. <laughs> and she's like, and if I don't remember something, she's like, no, it's not you. <laughs> so she's like, I- I'll have to like take a video of myself like, hi, Jamie, it's me, Lindsay, and like DM her on Instagram <laughs> to try and get her on the phone. <laughs> That's wonderful. Here's today's paper. <laughs> mm. <laughs> she's like circling the date with a highlighter. Oh, that's great. That's very funny. Right. Okay, let's uh, let's find the train tracks. I mean, I, I didn't sure care for this movie that much, so that's why I'm in. Oh, that's a bummer. I loved this. I was like so delighted by the whole thing. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get, get into, into that. It. Uh, you hate Billy Crystal is my sneaky suspicion. Um, No, not really. Okay, okay. It's not It's not one thing. Like, it's sort of an, we'll get to it. Okay. It's uh, Bill Murray well, you're thinking of. <laughs> no, I was just saying I was adding Billy Crystal to oh, the list. no. Yeah. Okay, so this is officially the latest this has ever happened in an episode. It is. Uh, they, there's editing to be done, but it is uh, 22.41 by my eye. Uh, we watched Throw Mama from the Train, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your mama. Something's gonna hurt your mama. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> 2241 is embarrassing. Hey, we've had a nice conversation. That is, that is a podcast we made fun we make fun of. 
level. Uh, Apparently people like that, so maybe we should just do more of that. <laughs> this is, yeah. Well, if you liked it, you tell us. Maybe maybe the new Patreon is just called The Tangent, and we just bullshit for a little while. Yeah, you guys throw random topics, the, the broadest yeah. topic you can think of, and yeah, watch yeah, us yeah. watch or us whittle topics. that down. Yeah, or specifics would be fine. Like, you know, I, you know whatever. I, I would be up for that. You let us know. It's dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. Well, no, because I know they're... Or, I I I think it's better broad because then be like the the topic will will be like food and by the end of it it's like which is the best French fry scientifically like that's where we'll get well, to but wouldn't but but wouldn't you like to get the French fry question to start I feel like we could do twenty five minutes on the French fry well but that's what I mean like we will take it there <laughs> we right but in saying, our I'm weird the... weirdo tangent like bullet train <laughs> that like funnels down. By the I end, we're like, like oh, I'm the like, question was definitely the best French fry, and this is the answer. <laughs> I feel like the food question might intimidate me, but the French fry question would invigorate me. That's we'll what I think. But yeah, let us know what you would, would like, because we're open to doing other stuff. Um, so <laughs> we start with your classic like movie rendition of writer's block. Which is always hilarious to me as a professional writer that like what happens when you have writer's block is not, oh, I like uh, I'm like beating at my forehead and like staring at a blinking cursor. I just look at Twitter <laughs> or like see Reddit I, I, or once I get to the point of I've of that where the blinking cursor, I'm like, it's been five minutes of me staring. I need to stand up and not sit and stare. I need to stand. And, I need to do something slightly different. So I'm I'm in the Billy Crystal camp. Yeah, I I am never at the keyboard until I know what I'm doing. Like I, I but you've never, never run out. Like you've never known what you're doing, and then been like, um, hmm. Well, then it's time to pack. If I'm doing fiction, then that just means it's time to pack it up for the day. Okay. Yeah, I. It's just like you know, whatever. Like I, I when I do fiction writing, like I get into the zone and I am like watching a movie and just kind of dictating what's happening. It's like almost like a trance-like state huh, when it that's works cool. well. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, okay, like the movie's over. Like I got whatever happened, happened, and then I can go back and clean stuff up and stuff. But yeah, I, it's like very much like not um, my flow state for fiction is is such that like once it's over, it's over. Okay. But when I'm doing the type of work I do day to day, it's like, oh, I got to write a press release about X and I'll spend time like thinking about it. And then it's like, okay, I should, I finally have that opening thought that I had. Okay, let me go write that down. Blah, 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 blah. So gotcha. I'm like. I'm procrastinating and not writing, but I'm not, I'm never personally just like staring at a blinking cursor. Cause I'm just like, Oh no, I I'll do anything else. I want to go watch YouTube for six hours. Oh, don't that, that happens to me a lot. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I have to finish this now. And then you blah, 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 nail something out. Uh, also I am a firm believer in the barf draft, which, uh, I, uh, got, I, I have, I have kind of done before, but heard kind of formally described by a, someone who used to work on the Simpsons whose name I forgot when I wish I knew, but he was like, no one ever wants to write the first draft of anything. It's the least fun thing to do. And so what I like to do is just like hammer out a first draft. And then the next day I get to come back and do the fun part, which is edit it. And so I just like make, make myself right. And it's like, who, who cares? Don't go back. Don't fix a typo. Don't do any fixing. Just go forward. Like there's, you get in the huh. train and you, push forward and you hammer a brick over top of it. So you can't pull the brakes. And then it's like, you go until there's you're at the end and then put it away. And then the next day you come back and you're the editor and the editing job is fun. I like that. That's clever. So that's sort of my, uh, 
my thought. But I really did relate to the part where he picks up the remote control and puts on the TV and is watching uh, Kate Mulgrew, his ex-wife, play uh, playing this author who allegedly stole a book from him, which I wish we knew more about. Yeah. Also, I will say it's a lot of what feels like filler for a movie that just started. Him, there's a yeah. lot of him at the yeah. keyboard with like balling up the paper and doing the like yeah. huffing and puffing. I'm like, this just started and it's 88 minutes long. Yeah, you're it's filling really more now? like 82. Yeah, it's it's really more like 82. This is a short film. Yeah, uh, as far as these things go. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think better would have been like five minutes of explaining the like do a montage or a like even give me an animated intro of like them fighting and then she steals the book allegedly whatever that means yeah i I would much rather have spent a few minutes learning the truth behind that because then it's funnier if she didn't steal the book right right although i don't know how this would that would have worked i mean the only way that this would happen is if she literally stole his manuscript and put her name on it yeah, and took the first page off and put her name on it, which seems insane, like mm-hmm. truly bonkers for that to be what the movie is. But we never know. So, yeah, because it also it uh, it reads to me like the kind of thing where someone whose idea was had simultaneously by someone else or I mean, what, what certainly could have happened was he spent which is something I'm raising my hand here as being guilty of and I've learned to stop doing. I get so excited about a creative project. I talk about it incessantly. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. the talking about it ends up being the all I ever needed from it, and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just like oh, I've I have talked about this to the point where it has become a real thing, and it is a finished product in my eyes, and I don't have to do any more work. Congratulations, self, and then I'm done with it. Yeah, yeah. I wish it was more clear because it could have been like it would have been better if it was like he told her he was like oh can you imagine if it was like boy meets girl and and boy is a yep. Loch Ness monster and she was like let me work and she flushed it out and did the whole thing exactly and in his eyes she stole it or like what because right. i don't i don't know what happened here that is my theory is exactly what you just said yeah minus the fact that the boy was the Loch Ness monster hey i did not have that exact idea that's all i'm saying <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying I didn't have it simultaneously. Um, so I love like, Oprah is having a little bit of fun here. She's like, uh, what does she say specifically? She was like, do you look so in the mirror and just the- say, I did it that, but the follow-up is like, and Kate McGrew talks about how her hus- ex-husband was a beast or was a, was a jerk or whatever she says. And Oprah's like, tell us about that awful beast. <laughs> It's very good. It felt like a dream sequence, honestly, and I was surprised when it wasn't. That's going to be a lot of my rewrites of this movie is clearer, more dream, more dream sequence, clearer dream sequence, more weirdness. Sure. Yeah. Like I needed somewhere like, like in nine to five, the dream sequences are very clearly defined and like stylized yes. and different than this yeah. real world. And in this, the dream sequences are like, so seamlessly blended that it's like, when does it end? When does it start? How awful are you all? Right. What's weird about this movie to me. While it could not be thematically more different than Matilda 
another movie directed by Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. They are so clearly directed by the same person yes. that I found. He's it a really great director. I do. I really do think he is a very underrated director and I wish he would do more stuff. Um, maybe he doesn't care for it. I mean, there's a million reasons why he doesn't do it. It's, it's a hard job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I Plus mean, he found the golden college, goose with it's always sunny. So he doesn't need to do much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's like the only time I can think of where a, a bad studio note ended up being incredibly important to a show. Because the, the note? note of the note after season one was you have to put a celebrity on the show. Oh. And they were like, no. And they're like, well, then you're canceled. Because it was originally just the three guys, right? And then they added. I think I think D was on the I think the original idea didn't have D, but I think D is in the first season. It has been so long since I watched. What I remember think hearing is that the, they basically were like, it's the three guys. And like, you need to have a voice of reason. And they brought D on and they're like. And now she's not the voice of reason. And they're like, you need to have another voice of reason. They brought Frank on. And it was like, very clearly, he's not going to be the voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. So now yeah. you just have five monsters running around. Yes. Look what you've done. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was uh, the thing that I heard. And maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly. But the thing that I remember about it was you have to add a celebrity. And that they were like, oh, man, like, well, we have to do this. We get canceled. And then they met Dan DeVito. And he like, so. Like at a party uh, or like for casting? I think they met him for casting, but like they just so immediately clicked with him and had such a similar sense of humor and just liked hanging out with him that they were like, oh, okay, this will work. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So I think that's like the best studio note in history because it do- it did make the show better because he added a craziness to the show that like it was already weird and he took it to a different level. Yeah. It's like Charlie is left unhinged and Frank is right unhinged. And so yeah. it's like somehow they both work in completely different scopes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a complete maniac on the show. And clearly, like, he's just having a ball. Like, and, yeah. and it's it comes across. Yeah, he's enjoying like you himself. Can, you can, yeah, yeah. It's like you totally see, like, he mu- he loves going to do work on that show, obviously, or he wouldn't be doing it 20 years on. I mean, the money is nice. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the money helps. It's the yeah. longest running live action comedy. Is that right? I think that's right. I think that's right. Hmm. It just keeps going. Yeah. I mean, it's on. It's it's going and going and going. Uh, anyway, so we cut from uh, Billy Crystal to Danny DeVito and uh, his mother, played by Ann Ramsey, who maybe is among, if not the best, I would vote best, but maybe I'm not thinking of someone, the best movie bellowers in history. Because a bellow is different than a yell. Yeah. It's it's a little bit more subtle, and her bellowing like "Get me a Pepsi" is just like unmatched in my eyes. Now I'm trying to think of others. Maybe there's others, you know. I certainly. Uh, and the, the other thing I noticed, and it comes up later in a way that doesn't really make much sense. Um, Danny DeVito is wearing this amazing cow shirt that I just was like, oh, I want this cow shirt. What <laughs> like, was that? I would, He's wearing this oh. white sweatshirt with a cow design on it. Oh, we're two, in, in the opening sequences. sequence. It's in the opening sequence and then the follow-up sequence. He's, mm-hmm. he's wearing the same cow shirt. And then later, like in the car, he's like, hey, cows. And it's like, oh, does Danny DeVito's character just like cows? Like, what is the bit here? I don't know the bit. Yeah. And it's funny because this almost feels like Danny DeVito's first attempt at writing directing. But it's not like he had already done War of the Roses and stuff, right? And Right. I think so. Is family? St- he didn't direct family. St- not family stone. That's the Christmas one. 
<laughs> Romancing the Stone. Uh, also on the list. I don't think he directed Romancing the Stone, but he is in it. Yeah, because it's, it's him, Douglas, probably... and Turner. Yeah, well, I'm. I, it will depend on how much Andrew is willing to to go down this road with me. But obviously, next year is going to be very Indiana Jones heavy, yeah. and the question is like. Does that also extend to getting finally doing Romancing the Stone and maybe the sequel? And also, do we do one of those Alan Quartermain movies from canon and also the other Alan Quartermain movies? So we're going to see how much tolerance there is. For Alan Quartermain's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, isn't he? So Alan Quartermain is that character, yes. But canon was trying to make their own Indiana Jones and they were like, what's public domain Indiana Jones? And they're like, Alan Quartermain. And they're like, got it. And they made two Alan Quartermain movies. So was Alan Quartermain like a literary character first? I think he's like, yeah, I think he's like an ancient book, like, like um, Tom Swift. Like, I think he's like that. Jonathan Swift. No, isn't Jonathan Swift a monster proposal? Yes. Is that a, I just assumed Tom Swift. No, Tom Swift is a like a space character who got a CW reboot just like a year ago. Oh no, I don't know that. It was like a, the the only modern adaptation. But Tom Swift is where the word laser comes from. I'm pretty sure. No way. It was like it was that kind of spacey novels. They were like he was like zapping things with ray guns. Hmm. Yeah, I was I, when I was younger. I assumed Alan Quartermain was like made up f- by the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen authors. But then I was like, oh, no, no he's he's a, a character. Yeah, they're all old book characters. And then uh, the other one that's like, of a, I think of a similar era to Quartermain and also Tom Swift is um, John Carter. The oh. John Carter of Mars stuff. Yeah. That's all like very old sci-fi, like 40s, 50s era, I think. Hmm. Okay. Which is also why Disney made a movie of him because they were like, the rights are free. <laughs> that movie was so bad. I actually think that movie is fine, but it is like incomprehensible to me that they just called it John Carter. Yeah, you'd like give us <laughs> you got to lean a little more into it. It was it was originally titled John Carter and the Princess of Mars and people they were like then they had that movie Mars Needs Moms and it was a complete failure and they uh-huh. were like Nobody wants Moz in the title. Get the Moz out of the yeah, title. That was, was like, the problem with your ugly <laughs> it was, it was, CGI movie. It was, it was just like, how do these people have fucking jobs, man? Like, it's just not that. It's just so insane to me. I wish I could uh, have that job. Like, be just that <laughs> obtuse and dumb and still have that job. Yeah, no, it's dumb. It's dumb and bad. And now it's just they make all the decisions with an algorithm, so there's no human making dumb decisions, but now the computer makes them instead. Yeah. It's a great entertainment world we live in. Um, so Danny DeVito is ground down to a nub by this uh, performance from Anne Ramsey, which is truly incredible. You said she got nominated for an Oscar for this? I believe so. If that's right, totally well-deserved in my eyes. She's it, awesome in this. It's, it's, it's in the same vein as... Um... The pink, as mom calls her, the pink cat lady from that Harry Potter movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> I love that actress. And she's not playing like the queen, I think. Dolores or- Umbridge is the character from Harry Potter, but I can't remember her name either. Is it oh, Vera something? What'd you say? Is it Vera? No. Okay. She is. We we just watched this show trying on Apple TV and she played the like caseworker for this couple trying to adopt a, ch- a child and she's like very much on their team and very sweet. Is it a British show or? Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was like, 
oh, wait for the double cross because she's so good as Umbridge. <laughs> no, she's like, wait, wait she's for the nice. double cross. Yeah, she's like, no, she's just a nice person. Ah, oh, can't think of it. But it's very in that vein of like, I hated her so much. Yeah, yeah, impeccable heel work. Oh yeah, I was just like, also, again, maybe it's my perspective as a queer person, but I was like, why are you still there? Leave her to rot by herself. (laughs) He very clearly is like codependent by virtue of being abused his whole life. He he almost plays it neurodivergent. It's pretty close to it. The sequence where he's playing with a train at the end of the movie, I thought was incomprehensible. Wild. Yeah. I thought that was really, really wild. And like it's on the porch and not in the house. It just was all strange to me. Yeah. Um but yeah, you're right. Neurodiversion is probably a good way to describe it. Um, so he's like thinking about killing her. He's sort of fantasizing about it. Well, and it's like you said, this is probably the start of your issues, I'm guessing. he does. So he's getting her soda from, they keep their soda in the cabinet, not in the fridge. Yeah. Already psychopath behavior. Oh, well, especially because she has to specify that she wants ice. And then he pours it into a teacup. Yeah. Not enough beverage space. So he has... Um, he picks up the soda and he looks up and he sees a box of lye. It says poison on it. In case you didn't know, I didn't know lye had like reg- lye in its own had like commercial household use. I thought it had to be like mixed with things to make stuff. I didn't know. you. So just- I think that you can put it in your garden and as like, mm. s- like as part of like, like for soil. roses. Oh, you know what? I might be thinking of lime. Yeah. Li- Cause lye is like cost the caustic one that you, if you touch it, light, light, yeah, it is very caustic. Hmm. I think there are. I think there are legitimate household uses for lye because it it used to be used to make soap. Yeah, and for um um pretzels. Yes. Now you use um, baking soda, but they yeah. it was a lie for some reason. I don't know who figured that out. Like what madman figured that out? But that if you <laughs> if you dip this bread this bread dough into poison. <laughs> it makes a crunchy then, pretzel with a soft inside. If you boil it in, in uh, poison. Yes. If you boil it briefly in poison before baking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I know that it has cleaning uses, so I could see it being, because it does look like an ancient box. So it seems like maybe it's like an old, old product that's just hanging around. True. You know, like way past when you could buy it elsewhere. Um, so he sees the lie and then we see him pour it into the teacup and then put soda in and put an, a single ice cube in. And hands it to his mom. Very was, great direction of this, by the way. Like, oh, the yeah. Way that it's all like are, this is super tight on his little grubby yeah. fingers, like a raccoon. It, it's very clearly done with like aggressively storyboarded. Like th- there's a vision behind how this looks on screen and you can tell. Yeah. And so he hands it to her. and I'm like, oh, cool. So we're going to it's the you know, we're going to watch her like dramatically choke and fall out of the chair. And then he's going to yeah. snap to reality. Instead, he hands it to her, and she, like, berates him and berates him. And before she drinks it, he goes, no, and slaps it out of her hand. And I was like, "Yeah." so this isn't a fantasy dream sequence. This is just right. a thing that happened. Right. You almost poisoned her with lie. And then decided not, like, it's. I was just like, okay, give me dream sequences, because that feels yes. more apt for this, like, put-upon loser, alo- loser loner who, like, is a writer. That makes sense why he's a writer because his imagination is so wild. Like Yes, yeah. Yeah, I it, I wanted it to be like 
we have the whole sequence and he slaps it out of the hand and then we hear her being like, where's my soda? And he's like still standing there with the soda and the tea. Exactly. Hand it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because later he has the one with the ear and the scissors and Mm -hmm. he's when like she goes to hug him after the sequence is done, he's holding the scissors. And I was like, well, he's not holding the bulb to clear your ear. So how did he do it? He he was in both hands. He had the bulb in the other hand. The bulb was in the other hand. Okay. Another one that I was because I was like, oh, he he stabs in he like h- stabs her in the ear and she stands up and it's like a Halloween like yes. headband. It's with, a great great looking little effect. Like the the handle of the scissors on one side and the point on the other, and she's like, ah, and it's great. And I was like, so that's clearly a sort of dream sequence, but he's holding the scissors, which blends it too much. Yeah, yeah. We cut from this to Billy Crystal teaching a writing class. And I, this is one of those great small part performances that you, you, I just like to highlight on the show. The, lady? the actress. Yeah, she gets a few other lines, but she has zero talent and thinks she's amazing. And the performance is so perfect for like this exact person who I think everyone listening to can relate to having experienced this at some point in their life, whether it was writing, whether it was singing, whether it was whatever. Call it my entire college career. (laughs) That's what getting a theater degree is. Most of it is just smiling pleasantly at people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you think you're so much better than you actually are. And like, you know, we're, two kind of judgmental asshole people on this podcast. So, you know, we have perhaps slightly higher standards, but this woman is not good. And she plays it like she thinks she's about to, you know, be a bestseller. And it's like, oh, sweetheart, you're, you you're need some assistance. Bad. And the best part is like the it's, she's written something about a submarine and it's like the character says to dive deeper. And she's, I think the line she has is he pushes the button or whatever. And they he pushes, deeper. he pushes, he pushes the, whatever button he needs to, to make the submarine yes. go lower. And it, like, yes, no, no attempt at learning what you're writing about. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fine to write that in your first draft, but the one you're reading to other people, you, you should, should have, have taken the time done a little like, encyclopedia. Exactly. And Billy Crystal gives her that exact note, which is just like, Mwah, chef's kiss, because she looks annoyed that she would even suggest that she learn something. And she didn't even grow up being told she was gifted by her elementary school, which then ruined her for the rest of her life. <laughs> I mean, it's possible that she was. I don't think they did that in the 40s or <laughs> I mean, 50s or whatever. Advanced classes. <laughs> Did I send you that thing that was more more and more? I'm wondering if uh, the gifted means just not yet diagnosed with ADHD. Probably. But did you see that thing that was like scientific uh, veterinarian finds exotic bird? Turns out it's a pigeon covered in curry powder. And it was like, I've never <laughs> seen a more accurate representation of a gifted program. <laughs> not in my life. All right, come on. Give yourself a little credit. You're a smart person. <laughs> I know, but that's basically what happened. They're like, you're amazing. You're great. Now it's like the real world where it's like, not really. The perspective has shifted. <laughs> um, did your version of this... Uh, also, I'm going to take a second out of the podcast to bitch about this. I 
got oh. a Showtime subscription at the Black Friday sales. And whenever I, those things are cheap, I grab a bunch of them because we use them for the podcast. And I will often like bank watching a bunch of movies while I have these subscriptions. <laughs> and I was like, great showtime and then it had throw mama from the train and i was like awesome and i threw it on my save list and then today i went to watch it and i guess maybe it expired but when i went to look it up it's available on showtime through the paramount plus app but not on any other showtime subscription it's just insane how like stupid this streaming shit is it is i mean my biggest complaint i don't remember if i actually said it on the podcast or just to you but like i subscribed to amc plus because it told yes. me that it had something we were watching. Yes. Yes. So I went yes. and it was like, it's not here. And I was like, well, when I Google, when I go to Just Watch, it says it's AMC Plus. So I'm, I'm looking and then I'm like, oh, it's on Amazon Prime. Wait a minute. No, I have to have a- a- AMC Plus. No, I have AMC. Wait, no. It is only available on if you have yes. a- AMC Plus through Amazon Prime and watch through them. Yes. If you have regular AMC Plus that's not affiliated with Amazon Prime, you can't watch it. Because apparently there's 8,000 different titles different yeah. you know licenses i hate it yeah i i just want to pay you to watch the things on your service for fuck's sake like what is wrong with this i hate it uh anyway did your version have so i don't know what this movie was rated but i assume it was r maybe they no it was pg-13 because um I released according to IMDb, it said like that he had four four fucks in it and he whittled it down to one so that he wouldn't get an R rating. Okay. Because so you must that must be all versions of then because this man is like, I've written a book called Women I'd Like to Fuck. And they edit it to be women I'd like to pork, pork. but they don't mm-hmm. change the mouth. And so I was like, wait, what? And then they say it three times in this scene and it's all badly ADR edited. And I was like, Why am you showing me the mouth? Stop. Also like this dude is paying for a writing class. Yeah. That's not like, you know that that's not writing. Right. Just, wh- what are we doing? <laughs> the other thing that I find odd about this class, and it doesn't come up until later, but this is presumably like an adult education thing, right? I think it's the community, I think it's community college adult writing. So I guess ad- adults, or no, cre- community college creative writing is what I meant to say. But it's like, there's no student age students in here. It all seems like adults, which is fine. I'm not trying to knock on people taking classes and learning. But later there's a sequence where there's like a cafeteria. and That weirded me. I was like, why is there a cafeteria? This like community college adult center. Right. Because Danny DeVito is clearly only taking one class. Yeah. I was like, like, what what are you doing here? It, it it was like how, like, when I took improv classes, they would basically encourage you to go to the bar afterwards and hang out with people because, one, it's like, you're all here to make friends. This is the, like, we all know why we're here, and it's to meet new people and make new friends. Yeah. And so it felt like that, but it was weird to me that they just didn't put the scene at a bar. Yeah, or like a, or a McDonald's or a diner or something. It's weird yeah, that it diner, is at, yeah. you know, the school. They were on the set from Greece for no reason. <laughs> Like, why are we at Rydell High? Like, this is this is a nonsense. Um, so Danny has um written Danny DeVito has written this thing. Billy Crystal doesn't want anything to do with it. So he won't read it just, at first. And so yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, does he not like what happened? And so Dan DeVito is like stalking him at the laundromat and back to the great directing thing is setting the scene in this torrential downpour adds so much misery to the, both of these characters. Cause 
Billy Crystal's like doing his laundry and then he kind of looks out the window and sort of sighs and he like folds a towel over the top of his laundry basket because it's like all this hard work of, you know, cleaning your clothes and now they're just going to be soaked and you're going to have to dry them again when you get home. Like what an awful pain in the ass. And Dane DeVito comes in looking like a wet dog, like just Mm -hmm. completely soaked to the skin. Um, And then they start talking about the book and or his story and Billy Crystal's like really saying how much it sucks, which it feels aggressive, but also it's like you're stalking your teacher at the laundromat. Like you're going to get a dose of It's not completely unwarranted because he's like, it was a three page murder mystery with two characters in it. That like objectively cannot be good. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but it just makes both of them look like such sad sack losers, which they are. It just is like really great adds to the characters a lot. I feel. Yeah. Uh, so this is where we get the, the fake ear scissors through the head thing that we talked about a little bit, uh, with, with, uh, Dan DeVito and Ann Ramsey. Um, and then we go to that. Uh, so he, he tries, he's still trying to kill her in his head, but obviously doesn't do it. But, but does this, but is sort of going like it's it's too yeah, he's far. He's holding scissors. He's pretty close. He put yeah. poison in the cup and handed it to her. He's holding the scissors. Yeah. Like there's, it's yeah. too far. Right, right. Um. So then we're back at the school at Rydell High. This is actually where that scene that we just talked about is. And also the other thing I noticed in this scene, I don't know if you caught this, but like clearly the costume designer got a good deal on formless sweaters mm-hmm. because. Uh, Billy Crystal, the woman he's like sort of kind of dating, and then two of the students are all wearing these these like very mid eighties like unisex sweaters. Like there's no big baggy baggy sleeves. But like it's not even just that it's baggy; it's that it's cut so straight down. Like it doesn't taper for anyone. It doesn't flatter anybody's uh, waistline or natural waistline. Like there's no there's no part of it that that flatters anybody. There's no, there is not a person alive that could put this on. And it's like, oh, that's a flattering uh, garment for you. Like not one, the skinniest person, the fattest person, somewhere in the middle, someone who's six feet tall, someone who's 16 feet tall. Like all of them would look equally bad in the sweater and they're all wearing them. Um, and Billy Crystal, like every time he hears his ex's name, he just like starts screaming slut, which like, yes, it sucks. If that's. That's not the complaint you have with her. She didn't right. cheat on you. She didn't right. like. Although, he he's also obsessed with her sex life. It's like it's your ex wife. It's none of your damn business. It's very bizarre. Um, and so like the woman he's sort of dating. Also, she's like, "You missed our date," and I was like, "I didn't know you had a date." Right. Would have been fun for the movie to let us know that. Yes. Yeah. Um. And so he ends up like snapping about his ex wife in the middle of this cafeteria, and it's like very bizarre to the point where again like obviously it's 87 but like go to go to some fucking therapy dude yes yeah i mean we didn't discover therapy for another 17 therapy for men was not invented until (laughs) until like tony soprano no it was fraser because fraser was a therapist fraser was a therapist but he did radio stuff but like a man a tough man fraser was also like a little sissy boy so a t- he like drank wine and ate cheese you know and it was the 90s so he was a little namby pamby I'm, I'm gonna assume that tony soprano also eats cheese and drinks wine in my yeah, limited scope okay, from when okay, youtube but, put it in the shorts for a month okay but you understand the difference between Tony Soprano eating cheese and wine and Fraser eating cheese and wine. I'm aware, but just as a blanket statement, I was clarifying. 
because Tony Soprano drinks a big juice glass of red that he he drinks most of the bottle in one go. Frazier has like a little sip of Grenache and talks about the terroir in which the grapes were grown. <laughs> but we didn't discover therapy for tough manly men until 2003 when The Sopranos started airing. Therapy for men. And even then we were still like, eh, he's still kind of, you know. He had to do a lot of murdering. To make it okay that he went to therapy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of brutal, violent murdering. Yeah, exactly. Oh, also, yes, weird- you're right. He needs a therapist. Weird- or at weirdly least, like, enough, a friend. Bob's Burgers, at the time of filming, their most recent episode was called Show Mama from the Grave. Oh, yeah. I watched that the other day. That's funny. It was a cute little episode, but I was like, oh, how funny that they, they sing. <laughs> we synced. Yeah, that's that's really good. Uh, so he's like, so we have a a lot of sex metaphors with trains with Billy Crystal and his lady while they're on this like makeup date. They're sitting in like a children's train somewhere. It's bizarre, and she's like, "I want to fuck in this train," and it's like, "Wait a, well, maybe, yeah. maybe not in the children's train. You know, there's a car. Yeah, was, there's a picnic blanket. Yeah." Like, either one of the homes that you two rent or own. Yeah, but if you want to do something spicy outside, whatever, do it It not in the children's train. It seems like it's their first time as well, which is interesting that she's like, no bad, baby. Get me on this (laughs) this children's train. This (laughs) metal children's train. And I love that we, like, slowly pan back to cars, and there's Dane DeVito, and the way he makes himself known to them is to just loudly crunch into a potato chip. Because the camera pans down and holds on this, like, giant chip. Like, it's the chip that you pick up that you're like, oh, yeah, I won the bag lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he crunches it. And they're like, what are you doing here? But they, they also made about a billion train sex metaphors just before this happened, which I was quite they enjoying. Did. Yeah. Uh, so he's like begging for feedback on his This story is where and- I realized that he could have become like a like 24-hour photo type villain. Oh, like a stalker type. Like Yeah, like what's wrong with my story, professor? Yeah. Like that kind of shit. Yeah, I think that'd be dope. Because I think this con also the later I wrote this concept for a movie, what we end up happening, ends up happening, would make a really interesting psychological thriller. Yeah, or it could be a horror movie where Danny DeVito is just like a villain that you wouldn't suspect as like I'm stalking my teacher for the perfect feedback. Yeah, and and then like the whole switcheroo thing of like, oh, I think he's gonna kill my mom or my wife or whatever, so I'll kill his wife first, and it's like a really heinous act is. Mm-hmm. is- or like yeah. it could have been that like he committed a murder and wrote about it and then when Billy Crystal gives him advice he's like okay and the next murder he commits he uses his advice and so he like take maybe like a few murders in before Crystal realizes that like he's helping him craft this right. perfect murder and how to get away with it like the alibi stuff yeah, yeah. that would be good I'm gonna delete all that and we can make that movie fair that's ours uh, no one take it yeah TM, TM. Uh, we get Rob we're, Reiner's one scene. We'll, we will make the Danny DeVito villain mo- murder movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Danny DeVito will direct it. Of course. We um, just have to put a part for Lucy in. That will be the catch. Yeah. 
I don't really know her from anything. Just that YouTube video. Five episodes of Always Sunny that she got put in. Oh, really? I mean, I was not watching by then. Um, yeah, just the YouTube video of them doing the lie detector test and Danny DeVito being adorable about Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, they were promoting something together. I don't remember. I don't know what. I, I didn't see anything in the in the description because normally it's like catch Danny DeVito and blah 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 yeah. this September or whatever. The- Was it possibly a play? It could have been because all of those lie detectors are like, like uh, Elizabeth Olsen did it for Mr. for Multiverse yeah. of Madness and blah 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 yeah. blah. Yeah, they're all advertising. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. I prefer that advertising much more than straightforward advertising because at least I'm, yeah. at least I'm being entertained. So this is Rob Reiner's one scene cameo. Well, no, first they have they have a com- they, this is where he actually like. Billy Crystal actually, like, meets Danny DeVito. Oh, you're right, you're right. And it's like... In the middle of the night, in, like, front of a closed, weird store. Yeah. And he's like, look, here are the actual, like, physical, um, actionable steps that you can take to be a better writer. If if this is the story you're writing, fix this, work on this, this makes sense. If you, you know, get rid of the motive, because motive points to the murderer, so... Right. get rid of like obscure that or whatever and then he's like go see um strangers on a train by alfred hitchcock it's a great murder mystery yeah. and i want to read the book he now. actually doesn't rec- he doesn't actually recommend strangers on a train he just says go see a hitchcock but then obviously and there happens to the be movie. a hitchcock playing well you know it was uh los angeles in the 80s there was a lot more repertory theaters back then that's true but it makes I really want to read the original book for Strangers on a Train because that's the concept is that two people swap mur- like I hate my wife I hate my father. Have you never seen the movie? I have not. You should watch the movie. It's good. I want I want to see it. It's very good. Um, I also want to see that um, not Jimmy Carter. Who's who's Jimmy Stewart? Jimmy Stewart. Uh, the one where he, I think he strangles a man and it's like kind of sexual, but it was like coded in the day. I can't remember what it's called. I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the name. Or maybe Jimmy Stewart gets strangled. Someone strang. He is involved. He's either doing or being strangled, and it's like <laughs> I'm picturing you like late at night with your phone or your computer, being like movie with Jimmy Stewart <laughs> and a strangling. No, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart being strangled. No, Jimmy Stewart doing strangling. No, sexual question mark. <laughs> sexual. Question mark. But my friend who was telling me about the movie was Gary. Like, <laughs> oh, Gary, why have you done this, Gary? Yeah, my friend who was doing it was explaining that like the I think the person being strangled as they're like moaning and like like gasping, it's like has like a weird sexual undertone as part of like Gary, are you enjoying this, Gary? Yeah, yeah, and so I'm that was the it. life out of you, Gary. I'm, I'm ending <laughs> your life. <laughs> Uh, now, we'll, now we'll have to figure. We're, we're going to get either comments telling us what exactly that movie is, or we're going to have to tweet it out. Or next episode, we're going to be like, "Here's what it is." <laughs> I can only get into Jimmy Stewart by saying Mary. Mary. I was like, "What's I want to what live?" Clarence. <laughs> Clarence and Mary are both good key phrases to get you into it. Yeah, I want to live again. I, that movie oh, the arrow my ways. That movie was on at Thanksgiving, and so I turned it into instead of Clarence, it was like a mean gay was his angel. 
<laughs> like, wow, everyone's a lot better. Off. Like, there's this has a lot more fun without you in it. Are you sure you don't want to kill yourself? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Uh, if not, if, if only if Jimmy Stewart hadn't existed, there'd be prostitution on Main Street in Pottersville. Yeah, it's it's also really adorable. Like what the what is it? Nineteen sixty something, fifty something? No, nineteen forty two. Like the nineteen forty two version of like Biff's Hill Valley is adorable. Nineteen forty is it forty seven? It turns seventy five this year, so it's forty seven. Yeah, but like whatever the nineteen forty seven version of Biff's yeah, Hill yeah. Valley is adorable. That it's like there's pool halls and dancing. No, no, no there's literal prostitution. But I don't. Like walking around prostitutes? I didn't see no, them. They have like they have like whorehouses. Like every third place is a is a is a uh uh brothel, basically. I it thought just it just, has a different word for it. I thought it was just like like dancing. Like like no, a nudie it's, bar. It's 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 a it's clearly like a nudie bar, but they they, they arrest the women for prostitution. <laughs> That's like the paddy wagon pulls up and arrests all the women. Oh I missed the I missed I don't remember that arresting part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a paddy wagon that they're loading the ladies into. Oh. I just thought that was sexism. <laughs> that was garden variety nineteen forty <laughs> sexism. <laughs> yeah. You can't no, enjoy your sexuality movie. into the wagon. <laughs> That's I, for I, men I, to enjoy. Uh, that is that is a movie I think is is pretty much perfect. I think it's wonderful. I just want it to end like the SNL sketch. That's my problem. I, I yeah, like Mister Potter that. needs to get a crowbar to the knees. I get that, but like the true victory is community over capital. I think. Yeah, but here's the thing: who in that community is going to turn anyone in for murdering Mister Potter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a Ken Rex McElroy situation, baby. <laughs> no one's ever going to say anything. Yeah, you'd probably get away with it. Yeah. Oh, oh no. His, and we have found a will that says he gave all of his money to the town. How crazy. <laughs> that, that part would be a problem because no one would believe you. Well, it's notarized and signed. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? That requires two, the, the town part. The, the murder, I think you get away with easy. The other one, I'm not sure. I think that town wants money, too. I think the problem is like, so in order to get the notary thing, you need a lot of people to keep the lie. But the murder is just one one person keeping the lie. You know what I mean? No, it's the town. The whole town keeps the lie with the well, murder. No, it's like no, it's like you have one person do the murder, and then everyone else has plausible deniability. And they're like, I don't know who did it. Well, you get one notary, one notary public, and, uh, and someone has to forge Mister Potter's signature. Probably the notary or the same murderer. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a lot to put on one person. I think it that movie. I think the movie ending is improved with "Let's murder Mr. Potter and steal his money." <laughs> no, that takes away the message. It's beautiful. Yeah, the people are taking back the town <laughs> from the tyrant. <laughs> they do. That's what I'm saying. Is like they symbolically murder him without actually doing it. You don't need the violence. <laughs> yes, but if you don't murder. The evil rich white man. He's gonna keep doing the things. <laughs> but the, but that's the thing is they beat him at his own game. It's so much more beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he'll he'll that's keep fun. villaining. That's like he'll... yes. But I'm saying they've they have figured out how to defeat him with his own methods. That's the beauty of it. It's not only did they beat him, they beat him at his own game. If you think rich white man isn't gonna out money these people in, he's like so close to death. <laughs> <laughs> 
they don't have to bait, beat him that many more times before he just croaks. I just imagine he's in within two years. He's like, well, I have all the money again. <laughs> Mr. Potter is like very close to Grandpa from uh, from Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where they're like, "Here, Grandpa, you're the best with the sledge." You can't even. Hold he's on the to best it. at killing. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, we get Rob Reiner as uh, a gay agent. I think. Yeah, it he it's like. 10% less over the top than I would expect it to be for Rob Reiner playing a gay agent, but also it's like, why does this character need to be so mincy? What is the purpose? Yeah, I was like, is it his, like, I think it's just supposed to be his assistant with him, but it feels a bit like a boyfriend. Yeah. It does very much so. But there's no, like, normally in these movies, there'd be like a line about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, very clearly this was just like, hey, Rob, you want to come do a day on my movie? Yeah, sure. It sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, and then the, my favorite sequence of the whole movie is Danny DeVito breaking into Kate Mulgrew's house. Yes, it's great. He's like sort of sneaking around. He's putting on these leather gloves very meticulously. She's doing makeup in a in a little mirror. And then her gardener comes in who she's stooping. And he's she got and this gardener. like. Oh, like black and white horror movie villain walk with his. Yes. He's like yes. Frankenstein, Frankenstein's bride. Yes. Yep. Uh, the mummy. The crazy old lady in uh, House of Haunted Hill. Yes, yeah, Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Who glides away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wow, I he's also really love. Go ahead. I was like, oh wow, he's really gonna just kill her based on a conversation that he didn't confirm. Because he yeah, thinks he... he thinks that Billy Crystal told him to go see a movie because he wants. He he wants Danny DeVito to murder his wife so that Billy Crystal will then murder Danny DeVito's mother. Yes. He's gleaned all of that from this conversation where they explicitly don't say that. I think he does. I think you're right. He, he does describe strangers on a train to Billy Crystal to explain the whole motive and alibi thing. I think so you so. are right that he does mention it, but I don't I, I, I said he doesn't tell him to see that movie, but I think he talks about that movie. So I apologize because I, I think it was wrong there. But yeah, he he gleans from that that it's like the swap or the crisscross like, oh, you kill my person and I kill your person. And then we both have alibis and no motive. Yeah. Um, but I also love Kate Mulgrew's character has this like real nouveau rich like I've been. Uh, you know, I, I've, I'm a worldly traveler. And so there's like random pish, mishmash of, of like different cultures, artifacts. It reminded me of the scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where uh, she's like laying down in bed with uh, Russell Brand's character and he's shirtless. And she finally gets fed up with his bullshit. And she's like, you just you just pick things at random. That's Buddhist. That's Christian. That's this. That's that. And he's like, she's like, all these things disagree with each other. You can't just get all of them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, boo, boo, boo. and it's just like, yeah, this is exactly what the vibe is. It's like, here's some stuff. Pier one imports, Hawaiian. baby. Yeah, exactly. Beer one imports the, the, the home. Um, and I love they're on the couch, like kissing and he's making weird dog rough sounds which i don't quite follow and it's a thing for some people yeah it doesn't seem like it's a thing for her no it doesn't it It doesn't but the phone's ringing and dane devito reaches up with one finger and just like slowly pushes it towards her so she can grab it it's so looney tunesy and so good well it's a thing that happens occasionally where like if someone's hiding you're like oh if they reach too far they could see me i have to like subtly put this closer to them so they don't they don't catch me 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so he, he, he like crawls away at the end also in a very funny way. And, um, he makes, he's almost making a Leno size sandwich. It is a pretty big sandwich. Although, do you see the thick layer disc of onion he put on that bad boy? Was, I was it onion? Flabbergasted. Yeah, there's, it's like a cut onion on the plate. And then when he picks up the sandwich, there's clearly that whole thing. In there. It's like a, it's like a six inch wide onion that he cut like a quarter inch disc of and he put all of that in there, not just like a few of the strings. Yeah. Oh, I didn't miss that. That's crazy. But yeah, I was like, this is an impressively large sandwich that normally we make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Needed a little more meat and a little less vegetation, but it was pretty close. I agree. We, well, we never have like lettuce in the house to put on sandwiches. <laughs> not, I do now, but when we were younger, we did not. You we have like, bag you have lettuce. like sandwich lettuce? I have like a head of romaine that I can peel a couple leaves off of. I, I, I didn't imply that you like, it's not like a branded, but I was like, I never have like a head of lettuce in my house. Uh, we have salads for lunch like most days, so I always have heads of lettuce. Uh, we we do uh, like bag salads when we do that. I think the heads last longer. That makes sense. Makes sense. So we just chop lettuce every day. It's it's, it's less of an annoyance than you think it would be. It doesn't take very long. Yeah, I, I've been chopping cucumbers every day. So yeah. Uh, so we get on the. She she's taking the boat like a boat to another island, which is confusing. To yeah, me, he's in right? Hawaii. It's definitely not a thing. Yeah, but it's definitely not a thing anymore in Hawaii. Like if you have to get between islands, you have to take planes. I imagine there might be two islands that are close enough, right? There, I googled it because I was watching the movie, and I was like, "That's not right, is it?" And there is a single ferry trip that exists now that like is of any regularity and is is hardly ever used. Okay, because she's going to Maui, I think they said. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, presumably to fly back to the States, but I don't know. No, it's for a book signing. Oh, okay. Um, so he's like plotting to kill her and he's got like a lay and he's walking around the boat and stuff. And then, uh, she's climbing up on the railing to get a lost earring. And he, the, it's so Looney Tunes esque. He's got, he's doing the Frankenstein walk again. And then he puts his hands up like like she climbs up in the railing and he he holds them out like he's like to strangle and then she dips over the railing so her like butts in the air and her legs are wiggling and he just you hear like a it's a slide whistle like that's what it is a slide whistle and he tips his hands back for a push instead of a strangle yeah it's very very funny and then you know we hear go over the boat no we don't oh you're right it cuts it cuts away entirely so you don't see anything and i was like oh which made me start to like the rest of the movie. I was like, "Is this all a weird, elaborate hoax on Billy Crystal?" Yeah, I D- D- Devito did not seem capable of pulling off that ruse. So I was—I like, don't think he was the mastermind. I yeah, thought maybe like Kate Mulgrew. Involved. Yeah, I thought it was okay. gonna be like Kate Mulgrew was like, like turned around at the last minute and was like, "What are you doing?" And he he blabbed, yeah. and she was like, "Great, tell him I'm dead." That would have been an interesting twist. I, I did not expect her to be actually dead, uh, so it wasn't a big shock to me. Yeah. Spoiler, she's not dead. Uh, we find out later that she wasn't. But I was like, the way the rest of the movie played out, I was like, oh, they really are leaning into the she's dead thing, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Billy Crystal is drunk on the beach and uh, you know passes out, wakes up the next day. Uh, there's an odd... I love this, this like transition. From the classroom to the yeah. bed? Okay. It's it, so it weird and cool. Off. 
Yeah. It, it, so like the, it, I, for a split second was like, wait, is he in the classroom? Like even after he picked up the phone and I was like waiting for the, to reveal that he had slept in the classroom somehow. So it was very odd, but it, you know, it worked. It's Once I saw movie. he was in his bed, I was like, oh, he's not in the classroom. If he was like on a desk yeah. or something, but it's literally, so I, they must have like built the sets that had the classroom and his bed in it so they could just pan because there's not really a break. Yeah. No, there isn't. Yeah, you're totally right. They put they absolutely put the couch in the classroom. But the 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 students are all like wondering what's going on. Dan DeVito's not there, and then we find out Billy Crystal's not there either. But I already picked something as my favorite sequence in the fo- in the movie. This might be tied with it or just under it. Dan DeVito keeps calling him, saying like a few things. Like, oh, I love it so much. So he can't be traced. And the calls are coming like 10 seconds apart, but every phone is is, is a different look, like a different vibe, and also in a completely different place. I laughed so much at this sequence. It's so delightful to me. It was so clever. Like each one is, it it took me a second to like, oh, it's it's magic right now. It's some magic that he's just like teleporting between uh, between phones. The one that was a giant seashell was my favorite. Yeah, the shell phone is amazing. There's one that's a pineapple. Another one that I really liked is like there's just a horse in the background right behind yes, him. He's like by in a field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he uh, also it felt very Mel Brooksy. Yes. Um, except they wouldn't be hanging up. It would just be every time we cut back, it's a different phone booth. Yeah, yeah. Um But Billy Crystal's like confused like what he's talking about. And then you know, my favorite line goes. I don't want to say what I did, but all I'll say is that I killed her. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so good. Such it's a great. Good and Billy Crystal immediately spirals after this because he's like, they're going to pin it on me. And I like I they they cover some of this later in the movie, but I'm, I kept thinking, I was like, I know air travel was different, but like certainly the plane company knows who was on its planes that day, right? Yeah. But. Later, we find out that Danny DeVito bought the ticket in Billy Crystal's name, which I don't get that. When I heard that, I was like, oh, maybe there is some it is subterfuge of like it's Kate Mulgrew's like, we're really going to frame him for this. Yeah, I think it was just back in the day you could do stuff like this and you didn't have to show your ID to get on a plane. So I just recently I, I was on my honeymoon. We went to Australia and we flew a bunch of domestic flights in Australia, which I you know, I never flown domestically in any other country before. And domestic flights in Australia, they're like, arrive at the airport 30 minutes before your plane takes off. And I was like, well, that's insane. We're not going to do that. And we got there like, I don't know, an hour and a half early, like we normally do for American flights and security there. They never check your boarding pass. They never, they never check your ID to go through security. And so like, we went through security and I was like, oh man, I forgot to mail this postcard. And I was like walking around asking employees of the airport, like, hey, is there a post box? And they're like, oh, it's out front. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, just go out and go to it. And I'm like, I can do that. And they're like, yeah. So I left cleared space, walked out front, dropped the postcard in the post box and walked back through security. This time with just my phone in my wallet, like easy peasy, lemon squeezy, no big deal. The only time they check wow. your... They, they check your boarding pass. And I think they checked your ID as you boarded as well. But like as you were physically getting on the plane, they verified that you were the person who's supposed to be on the plane. Huh. Interesting. And again, I can't remember. What, I think they also checked your ID, but I don't 100% remember. And I took 
three domestic flights in Australia and it wasn't memorable enough that I remember. So because you need a boarding like in America, you need a boarding pass to get through security, right? Like you need to walk through security. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. But in Australia, you can go like wait and meet people at the gate if you wanted. Huh. So they're living in the 80s movies. Yes, exactly. Huh. But you, I guess back then you could just buy a ticket under any name and use it. No one ever checked your ID. Wild. Um, so Billy Crystal spiraling and he runs over to his uh, coworker uh, friend's house and he's, his coworker is in bed with a woman and he's like spiraling. He's like, I was with you last night and I left the club at one and I, I couldn't have possibly gotten to Hawaii at, you know, in time to kill her. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Which uh, in my head, I was like, yeah, it seems crazy as you would have gone to Hawaii and back and. Yeah. And then the, the woman he's sleeping with has this weird encyclopedic knowledge of, fl- of plane She's- travel. She's like a like a flight attendant manager. Is she actually? Or are you just? They say that they? they're like she. Oh, they give her a title and it's something flight something. Okay. Um, but she's like, well, technically, you could have caught the last one out at ten, and then that would have put you there, and you could have been there for a few yeah. hours and flown back. Because I was like, I couldn't remember how long it takes to fly from California to Hawaii. Is I it a three hours? Like it's no, it's like I mean, with the time change, I think it ends up being three, but I think it's six hours. Okay. Because direct from the East Coast is 12. I was looking at when we were deciding where to go on our honeymoon, we thought about that. And so I was like, oh, we could do a direct flight. You can direct fly from like Philly to Hawaii? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't know. You, you can could... direct fly from from uh, East Coast to Japan. No. Really? And they just opened up. We, we decided I assume it's more expensive. It was... Yeah, I'm sure it's a little more expensive. You can fly direct from New York City to uh, Sydney, Australia now. Wow. Because I know, I know that like 20 uh, hours in a row on a plane. I know like Australia to Europe is like one of the longest flights you can take. I just never thought about. Well, they go, they have a bunch of stops. I talked to a bunch of Australians about this. You have to like stop twice. That's why it takes. It's like you fly to like somewhere in the Middle East change, then fly to a central hub in Europe and then change to wherever you're going. If that's not your destination. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That they do like they, that's the one where you can get like get ivs in your arm so you don't dehydrate on the plane for 45 hours yeah 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 uh so billy crystal uh he's spiraling here he's freaking out he goes to his girlfriend's place and there's another great directorial thing where like to kind of sell how disoriented just yes disoriented everybody is in this moment the camera's like doing instead of like the 180 degree thing where it's like you know cutting back and forth it's doing a full spin around the two of them as like kind of crazy music is playing it's really good stuff great energy yeah and again in like in movie world they always do billy crystal's just like not giving enough information and words in his speech yeah like the sentence is a student in my class was needed wanted help with his with his murder mystery and he interpreted my help as I'll kill your wife if you kill my mother. Yes. Clearly I didn't say that, but it, it, Billy Crystal just like what's his face in Halloween 3 is just like I don't know, I didn't I don't I didn't mean to say anything and it's like well, no, yeah. no, don't be fucking yeah. cute. Be right. clear. And also like you should go to the cops and tell this story to them. Like you're a white man. <laughs> It's yes, in 1987. Fine. Yeah, like, it's fine, dude. Just go tell them your story. Especially because you are, like, moderately respected. Yeah. And Danny DeVito's a nobody. Right. 
Uh, but there, there's a funny bit where like the cops, he's like driving past his house. The cops are questioning this dude who's in his underwear, sitting on a couch that's on Very the side bizarre. of the road. And then it cuts to the cops in his apartment, and he's listening. She, they're listening to a voicemail be left on his machine in the moment from the girlfriend of like, "I know you didn't murder anybody. You don't need to think about this." Like, it's all very, very silly. And then he meets Danny DeVito, and Danny DeVito has the missing earring. Yes. And I was like suspicious because that was like over the railing. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I was like, oh, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe the and we both know Danny DeVito's little ass not reaching, reach, <laughs> not reaching that. Sorry, <laughs> unless he like went all the way over and like hooked on by his toes, like a cartoon character, and like got to his full. Like unless he found like a stick and some chewing gum. <laughs> like it's not gonna he happen. Un- he undid his lay, put the gum on the end of it, and then got it that way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is where I started to hear a lot of Mike Wazowski in Billy Crystal's performance. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that thing back where it came from. Oh, so help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. help me. So yeah. help me. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Also, I love he's 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 he starts like driving the car as aggressively as possible. Like because he because Devito it. says, "I'm if you take me to the police, I'll tell them you did it." Yeah, which is like, why would not? This is was like, this is a horror movie now, right? He's a villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he's he's flooring it, and he's like, "You're gonna tell him, aren't you?" And Devito is like having a full on meltdown, but he's still very calm in the way he's saying things, which is so clearly like he lives with a psycho narcissist. Yeah. And and so he's like, "Hey, uh, you're going a little fast, aren't you? You're going a little fast, aren't you?" And it's just like, and then. Of course, the brakes don't work, so he's banging the car. I was curious, like, what that? I was like, did someone try to kill the friend now? Like, yeah, I think it's just supposed to be like, oh, the guy drives a shitbox, but it's not very clear. Yeah. Also, he has the perfect opportunity to like turn the car and angle up a hill, which is what you should do in that situation because you will lose momentum and your car will eventually stop. Instead, he like starts to do that and is like, no, I'm gonna careen down a hill and gain as much speed and momentum as I can. Yeah. Uh, and then they end up going through the tunnel from Roger Rabbit and Back to the Future. I forget that they're the same tunnel. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, like, next time I'm in L.A., I got to go find this tunnel. Yeah, right. Uh, and they end up crashing into this little tiny, uh, clearly made for the movie garden. It's like exactly a 10 foot by 12 foot square of AstroTurf with a fake little fence and fake flowers in it. Yeah, and, and it gets another really cool transition to the jail cells as they, like, pan down the picket fence. It becomes, yes, like, yes. jail bars. Yeah. Um, and this is where I, I really like this line. They're interviewing his friend that he borrowed the car from. And uh, he's like, yeah, he was talking about, you know, alibis and, and, and you know, motive and stuff. But I, I don't think he did it. I really don't. And they're like, why? And he goes, because Larry never did anything. And I was yes. like, that is like the coldest, the coldest burn you can give. Yeah. yeah. But so accurate. Like, his, yes. you know, having watched the movie, so accurate. Uh, so we're in, we're in the, the breakfast kit, the kitchen having breakfast. It's eggs a la, I forget Owen. what Dana Vita's, Owen. And it's like, my, my boy, those are just scrambled eggs. <laughs> They're decent looking eggs though. They are good looking eggs. I will say this is an egg. Sometimes it's an egg based <laughs> podcast. There's some very nice and fluffy scrambled eggs. Well, actually, uniform color. I just saw a thing of a place that puts uh, a dollop of ricotta in their scrambled eggs. 
Mm, that's for like, a, the chefs are always throwing creme fraiche in there. Yeah, I mean, I like a, I like a creamy situation. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get down with that. I like cheese in my eggs, but I don't want them to be creamy that way. Not my, not my Huckleberry. Uh, oh. But Anne Ramsey comes in and is like, "Who's this?" And he's like, "Oh, it's cousin Patty. You don't have one of those." And Dane DeVito, without missing a beat, picks up the frying pan and just bonks him, bunnies him, right in the noodle. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's amazing. Which, but like, also, I thought it. She, it should have. He should have been like lying to her and been like, "No, no, no!" Like, show her memory. Her her brain is bad. Yes. And be like, "Yes, we yeah. do." It's Aunt Stella's kid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, he just immediately is like, "You're right," and just Bong. absolutely crowns him. Yeah. Again, I don't know why Danny DeVito. I mean, we do know he's he's an abuse victim, and so he doesn't. He yeah. won't move away, but he should move away because yeah, you can yeah. do that. If you have funds and means, you can move out. Yeah, yeah. And the next scene really reinforces that, too, because he's like, oh, can I show you my coin collection? And then it's... it's I thought it was like going to be he secretly has, like, millions of dollars. Like, this is some, oh. you know, buffalo nickel or whatever. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, a coin from when Lincoln was shot or, like, something. I don't know. But, like, I thought it was yeah. like some weird, like... I've been trapped in my house. These are my mother has collected these coins. Uh, nonsense. And instead it's like it's spare change. And you're like, what? And then it like breaks my heart because he it's every so heartbreaking. It's beautifully done. And he's like, Well, this is the this is the spare change from when I bought a hot dog at the ball game with my dad. And this is the spare change when he bought us hamburgers. And this is the spare change from when he bought movie tickets or whatever. And I was it's just like Oh, your coin collection is all the spare change your dad ever gave you, which is just like beautifully sad. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's a great little moment too of like of the performance from Danny DeVito too. Like it's it's a really like he really sells this in a great way. Yeah, because he's not too. He's just earnest enough. Yes, exactly. He doesn't overplay this at all. Yeah. Also, I think anyone who met Anne Ramsey's character would want to kill her. Truly, yeah. Truthfully, yeah, yeah. She's awful. Uh, and then it immediately, I also love like the tone of the movie. Like it immediately goes from this very sweet sentiment of like the coin collection to like, Anne Ramsey cut in with like a "Where's my breakfast?" And then he's like, "Fat ass, killer, Larry, killer, killer Larry. Larry, killer Larry." You got to do it. <laughs> and then he's like taking his belt off, and he's like, "I'm gonna do it right now." And he's like, "No, no, no, sit down." And then we cut to the police interviewing the girlfriend and they're like adamant that that Billy Crystal did it. And I was like, you know, people get murdered by strangers a lot, right? Like, it's not uncommon for a person to have been murdered by a stranger. Yeah, I think the reason that they're not doing that, though, is because they have a message on the machine from this woman to Billy Crystal being like, you murdered her. <laughs> <laughs> fair fair <laughs> which is a little different and then this woman immediately crumbles under like the most basic of interrogation well first she's tactics. holding up she's holding strong yeah. she's like i never said i saw him i never said this and then yeah 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 and then she slips up and it's like well well damn it mary yeah um so also at this point i wrote still no train because earlier i wrote not a lot of trains yeah. so far and yeah i was i got to the, the fact that like, it's is there 15 minutes left in the movie and we get on a goddamn train i'm like okay well, and then I the poster is think, train tracks. I, well, I started to think, oh, maybe there is no train in the movie and it's just a reference to strangers on a train. 
No, so apparently it's also a song called Mama from the Train or something like that. Oh, okay. The frankly, the poster for this movie should have been a dartboard with Anne Ramsey's face and Kate Mulgrew's face and like darts sticking out of it and like maybe yeah, like devil yeah. horns drawn on or something. Yeah. Because yeah. the poster. I mean, they put, you put train in the title. People are you. You put train on the title. People need a train in the third act. Okay, kid. Let me tell you something about which the is fine. But the poster is like looks like planes, trains, and automobiles. Like they're like <laughs> sitting on train tracks. Like, what are we gonna do? And it's like that's not the movie. I gotta tell you, kid. Audiences are gaga for trains these days. All they want. Trains, trains, trains. You gotta put Lionel a train Coin in the picture. Bank. Lionel Coin Bank. <laughs> Do you remember that? Does that spark any re- no. anything in you? Not it was even a weird, a, a weird commercial for the Lionel Train Company's Coin Bank that like looked like a track switcher, I think, or like the okay. what's the little? I think it's a track yeah. switcher or something. Yeah. And the the jingle they came up with was just children <laughs> chanting. Lionel Coin Bank, Lionel Coin Bank, Lionel <laughs> Coin Bank. And I was like, yeah, I know your train kids are going to buy it, but I am not going to buy it. This is weird. This is creepy. I'll have to find it. I'll have to try and find that on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, he fishes his coin collection from like a loose board. And this is like a big thing. In, That's like, why I thought it was worth money because he, he hid it from her. Yeah. Like, how bad did you want a loose board to hide shit behind when you were a kid? Because it was like my uh, dream to have a or loose like, board. Or like a, a a secret vent you could pull the vent like well, I, off I, of. I knew people who did that, and I was like, my dad would catch that. <laughs> like there would be He would find place. out that one vent was being less efficient than the others. Yes. And like exactly. systematically find it out. Or it would lightly rattle, and from three floors away, he would hear it and be like, where's that rattling come from? And then he would be up on a ladder opening up the vent. I'm I'm also a rattle person now. Yeah, I'm, he gave I'm, it to I'm both a, of us. I'm yes, a dad rattle. To, we learned this behavior, Andrew. We didn't the, innately get born with a rattle problem. It was The car The car is the it. worst for rattle. I'm yes, like, I know. My wife hates it, too, because it's inherited behavior. <laughs> I'm like, what is that sound? And my boyfriend's like, yeah. what are you talking about? And I was like, the rattling sound. Would you slap the dashboard <laughs> over like, there? I'm just I'm randomly constantly pounding the on the <laughs> Yes, yeah. I'm like, uh, hit it, hit it around this area. One of some connections loose. You got to tighten it. Yes, it's a it's a brain worm we have been given. <clears throat> um. So he. Tells Billy Crystal, he's like, I'm going out bowling. You just smother her with a pillow and, and then leave. And that's it. And he puts the little, he puts like a piece of string in the, in the, what's door the door jam? Is that what it, the, yeah, the door jam, I guess. So that he'll know if someone, if he, if Billy Crystal leaves, the job is done. And so Billy Crystal goes into the room and her eyes are wide open. And he's like, I know you would never want to hear something terrible about your son. And I was like, yes, she would. She's horrible. <laughs> yeah, she, she no shit. Him. She would. She calls him a piece of shit all the time. Like, buddy, she. I don't know what you think their relationship is, but it's not good. Yeah. And he gives her this whole speech about whatever, and then she snores. And I was like, oh, her eyes are. She sleeps with her eyes open. That's the joke. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we. F- this is where we find out he bought the ticket in Billy Crystal's name, which is weird because the whole point of Danny DeVito murdering Kate Mulgrew is that they won't suspect Billy Crystal. That's yes, the whole point. Think, yeah, yeah. And I, it was weird to me that he did that. But then I was wondering, like, 
does he know that that's dumb? Because like you said, the character is played. You said neurodivergent. I was just going to say it as a dummy, you know, I, not to say that neurodivergent people Either are dumb, one. but yeah, it's like he, he, he just seems like childlike, honestly. Yeah. A childlike naivety. Um, uh, but the cops are there at the door and he starts talking to them and Billy Crystal's hiding. Danny DeVito lets him in the house. And I was like, you don't, don't let him in your house. Yeah. Unless there's a warrant. Don't let him in yeah. your house. It's like, I'll talk to you on the porch. There's no reason why you need to come inside. Uh-huh. Exactly. But he sees that the string is missing and he's like, oh, the cops can certify that my mom is dead and solve my problems. The cops can catch, we can come in and I can be completely cleared of this murder because yeah. I'm clearly walking in the house. Right. Um, but of course, Anne Ramsey, not dead, but there's a great bit of tension in business with Billy Crystal hiding in the pantry and DeVito, who's mad that he hasn't killed his mother, is like uh, sending the cop in there for various things and then changing his mind at the last second because it's like he can't keep his mind straight about anything, really. Yeah, that was a little annoying. It went out, There were too many of those. Yeah. Can you get this? No, I have this. Yeah. Yeah. And then as the cop rips open the curtain, uh, Mama comes out. And starts screaming and uh, saves Billy Crystal inadvertently. Yeah, yeah. So they confer, they decide again, It's you gotta kill Mama, and Danny DeVito goes bowling, and there's a great thing well, where he's the, like about- the plan, the plan is, they go and remove the, like, the pin on the hinges to the basement door, yes. so that if any pressure is applied on it, they'll fall down. And I was like, yes. that is wildly suspicious, my dude. Yeah. If they look in, they're like, well, where did the pin on the hinge, the door hinges go? Who right. removed that? Right. Right. Yeah. Someone took it out. Yeah. And it's like, do you think you're going to put like the broken door back up? Like, what is the plan there? Yeah. But uh, I love the part where the bowling pins all turned into Anne Ramsey. I think this, it's this very is cute. why she got her Oscar. Yeah. This scene. Because the ball's about to hit her and she's like, Rah! and it's like 10 simultaneous miniature Anne Ramsey's going. Rah! Um, so Billy Crystal, the, the door stunt is pretty cool. It's great because Billy Crystal passes out and then Anne Ramsey finds him and like screams at him and he she hangs up her shawl on the door and he's like, oh, it's going to go down and it doesn't. He's confused. So he kind of bangs and then goes like. Home Alone stair sledding right into yeah. the hot water heater. Yeah. And so Danny DeVito gets home and Mama's like, your friend is dead at the bottom of the stairs. And so Danny DeVito goes down. He's upset. He's like, oh, no. And Mama's like, you're a crybaby sissy. And I was like, now here's what you do, Danny DeVito. Just push her down the stairs. Suddenly yes. the murderer broke into your house and your mom and him are both dead. What a shame. Yeah. And you're yeah. scot-free on that. You can say, hey, he did that murder, too. Yeah. Double murders. Problem solved. Yeah. They fell down the stairs together. Mm-hmm. Instead, he uh, tries to murder her by trumpet. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's funny. But... And she's... Well, I also love... Uh, did I say this out loud? I might have said this already, but Anne Ramsey is like, bury him in the yard before he starts to stink. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, okay, wait. As what? if he's a cat. Mean? Yeah. Uh, and then when he blasts the horn from the trumpet, she wakes up and she's like, I dreamed Louis Armstrong was trying to kill me. And then this is with the scene where Billy, where uh, Danny DeVito is outside in his pajamas playing with an electric train on the front porch. And it's yes. very bizarre. So, so, so strange. I thought this was a dream sequence as well. Yeah. Like some kind of weird Christmas morning type thing. Yeah. Um, 
Billy Crystal's like, forget it. I'm going to Mexico. I'm taking Because well, Mama sees the news and that yes. he is wanted for questioning. And finally, we get on a goddamn train. <laughs> and we see Billy Crystal by himself at first. And then, of course, we pan over and all three of them are there. And Ramsey eating these pistachios. And the pistachio thing, she kept saying, he bought me unsalted nuts. I keep choking on them. I was like, oh, okay. She dies by choking on a nut and neither of them killed her. Like, that would have been great. That's got to be what we're building to here. And so it's like neither of them gives her the Heimlich, but they didn't actually kill yeah, her. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little shop of horrors. I was there. Yeah. I didn't stop it, but I didn't kill yeah. him. Yeah, right. Uh, but I love the little sequence when she like decides to they're they're debating over like the night was humid, the night was moist. And Anna Ramsey's like the night was sultry, which is the best line of the versions that we've gotten. And mm-hmm. that the fact that she beat him at the thing makes Billy Crystal decide to kill her, which is like so delightful to me. It is crazy to me because I was like, that's what does it after all that yeah. you hear all the actual you hear the abuse. And this is what does yeah. it for you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, because he's like a narcissistic jerk. You know, he's like obsessed with his own talents. Um, but I love the exchange where it's like, I'm going to go kill your mother. Do you want anything? And he's like, I'll take a chunky. Who and I was like, who wants a chunky bar? bar? Who wants a chunky bar? candy bar? Raisins? Get out of here. I'm pretty sure mom likes them. I I saw a chunky in the wild the other day and I was flabbergasted. Where? Like a cracker barrel? I was barrel? like, I was early. I didn't know I wasn't in a cracker barrel. Well, chunky TV. feels like a cracker barrel candy. I, I, I know. That's why this was so weird. I was waiting to meet somebody and it was cold and I just ducked into a CVS and was just having a wander to kill five minutes. And there was a chunky bar. Huh. Is it just, it's just chocolate and raisins, right? Or I other think stuff. so. Yeah, I picked it up because I was so d- in, uh, and they're square, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big, it's a big candy bar. Yeah. Um. So Mama's so running I'm, through the train, screaming about a murderer. Very Mel Brooksy. Like we walk through a car, and it's a priest and a nun doing bingo. <laughs> Unexplained, un, un, unattended after. And then she's like knocking on doors with her cane being like, there's a murderer on the train. There's a murderer on the train. And all these people are like poking their heads. <laughs> Fucking like, Poirot what? over here. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then the funny part is like 25 people poke their heads out. And then when she like is screaming bloody murder 10 feet away be- after being chased by these two men, no one comes to check out what's going on. Would you? I mean, yeah, I would be worried there was a murder happening. No, I'm good. Seems seems like their problem. <laughs> to quote <laughs> to quote Wesley Snipes in Tu Wong Fu, there are times when you help people, and then there are times where if you help people, you get killed. <laughs> I'm well, staying in my sleeper car. Anne Ramsey is dangling off the side of the train. Which, like, frankly, let her go. Yeah. She slipped. It's her own. Right. It was an accident. Nothing to do also, with it. yeah, she's just terrible. Yeah, just yeah. terrible. And like a bunch of witnesses saw an old woman screaming about how there's a murderer on the train, and you could be like, "Yeah, she has dementia." You know, mm-hmm. like very easy excuse to get out of this. And for some reason, Danny DeVito's now backed out of it. I don't know why he's decided because he's an he's an abuse victim. Like he's he. Mm-hmm. But normally, abuse victims don't get this far. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I weird mean, that he where it's snapped like, back. You don't have to do anything and she'll die. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Peanut? That's what that's what it should have been. It should have been as she's she's doing the the death becomes her wobble off the train and they're like, Peanut? 
or yeah. pistachio or whatever the hell nut yeah, it is. Pistachio, yeah, yeah. Uh, we almost get a hereditary. We do almost get a hereditary. We come very close to a hereditary. Uh, I hate how casually you throw around the most traumatizing part of that movie for me. Uh, well, that was what I said she was funny. Yeah, just, this is now just like Andrew makes jokes about hereditary. Okay. You have to, otherwise it gets too serious and sad. <laughs> and the time our mom almost put it on in, the, in Florida. And I was like, no, that's oh, not Lord. for you. Yeah, H- hard pass. That is not. <laughs> I was like, this is, NSFM. I know you. I know you like some spooky stuff. This is not that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you, you would hate that so viscerally. Um, Billy falls off the train instead. And then I did. I was so mad. I was like, she lives and he falls off the train. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to the hospital and turns out Kate Mulgrew fully alive. She just fell off a boat and now she's been rescued by a fisherman to whom she will marry. And sold the life rights, sold the rights to her story for millions of dollars to Hollywood. A million and a half bucks. Yeah, I thought that was an awesome twist of the knife. Um, we get another weird dream sequence where Billy Crystal yes. tries to murder her and then is strangling himself at, I don't know. We cut to one year later. Well, he he wakes up from that dream and starts frantically writing down th- the, the story of Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah. Um, disgusting, misogynistic coffee table book guy got his fucking coffee table book published somehow and i was mad in that i was like this universe sucks (laughs) i hate it and so danny devito shows up and he's like hey i'm actually flying out i'm flying out to new york tomorrow to do a a book signing and he's like what he's like yeah i I wrote a book and it's getting oh it's getting published in two days yeah he's he's like well what are you writing about because billy crystal said i'm a paragraph away from being done and he's like oh i wrote about our adventures with mama and i was like yeah no shit he said he wanted to be he was in your class because he wanted to be a writer you didn't think to check in like are you planning on like i'm writing a book about like right come on yeah and so he starts like strangling danny devito and then danny devito shows in the book and it's a kid's pop-up book and he took out all the murder stuff which i'm like yes so what did you write about Instead of, it, it's just like a boy who has a friend and they then he has an adventure. An adult man who has a, a who has a yes. friend. It's yes, weird. it's very strange. Uh, and then they have a picnic with Mama, and then Danny V is like, "Look, I put you and your girlfriend and me on vacation together at the end." And I was like, "Huh? Why is that part of it?" And then of course we cut to it, and I was like, "Oh, because Danny V is a genius, and he made two weeks of this shoot in Hawaii because he was filming the movie." Uh huh. Um, Billy Crystal's book gets published and the movie just kind of stops. Yeah. There, we're like on the beach and we're talking and like we're all, and then there's like a ton of ADR razzing from Billy Crystal, which is where he, he calls Dane DeVito a buoy with, with hair, hair. And then he says he's a whale that's going to get harpooned. Yeah. But I was like, the movie just kind of stops. It's like it ran out of steam. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's very weird. You are exactly right in describing uh, it just like just fizzles. Um, but I, I, I do. I the the buoy with hairline legitimately made me laugh out loud. So it was a I good was one. fine with that being in. Uh, but yeah, it is weird that it's just like, oh, the book's published and it's usually successful and everybody gets what they wanted. Yay, it's all over. Yeah. Uh, and I also was shocked. He asked how Mama is, and he's like, she's dead. And he's like, oh. And he's like, no, no, natural causes. I wanted him to say she choked on a pistachio. 
Like yeah. I was waiting for the punchline. Like you gave me Chekhov's pistachios. Like, oh, she choked on those pistachios when I was bowling. Uh, but it sounds like you hated this. I didn't hate it. I just it needs it needs more work than I was expecting from okay. this. Yeah. Um, for me personally. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I like I said, I I was I was kind of went into this with low expectations. We I picked it because we've had a lot of fun with Dan DeVito, and I was looking for something light, you know, to close out the and year. Short. And short. And short, and I wasn't in the mood for doing a Christmas thing, so I was like, oh, this is a fun looking comedy. Let's give that a whirl. And I I I I dig this. I think there's I think this is recommendable because it's so short and so breezy. There's like a yeah. lot of fun here. Well, um, apparently, I, what happened was they wanted to use strangers on a train and I guess universal, we'll say universal had it and they yeah, were, yeah. you know, paramount and universal was like, we'll give it to you if you give us the rights to make the Arthur sequel. And they were like, all right. And so in exchange for <laughs> using some scenes in strangers on a train in this movie that was yeah. wildly successful, they got to yeah. make Arthur two on the rocks, which tanked. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the Arthur story was sort of a one and done. Yeah. We didn't need more of that. I have not revisited it. I'm sure it would be like at best a problematic fave at this point. But I remember seeing the movie when I, I was know. young and thinking it was funny. Yeah, it was the, in the weird swash of mom's British invasion movies. It was like Harold and yes. Maude and Arthur. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mom's British invasion of movies is a funny way to put it. Yeah, I think I think the thing with Arthur is like you probably wouldn't find a falling down drunk funny anymore. No, that's true. And, like, most of what's funny about Arthur is, like, he's so pissed drunk all the time. He's, like, falling out of car. Like, he's rich and is in the backseat of a car. And they, like, open the door and he just, like, pours out of it. <laughs> like, he's liquid. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, it was funny then. I don't know if I would still find it funny. But, uh, yeah, I can't imagine. As someone who liked Arthur, too. Or, sorry, who liked Arthur, uh, and found it inexplicable when they decided to remake it with Russell Brand. Yeah. The idea that they thought Arthur 2 was going to be a big smash is just hilarious to me. That's the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to give this a recommend. I think it's funny. I love, I, I think Dane DeVito is a very talented director, and I, I really enjoy watching his stuff. I think it's, like, delightfully weird, and I wish he did more. Uh, I'd love to see him tackle a horror movie or a, another children's project like Matilda. I think he's got Oh yeah. The right, the right chops for weirdness and, and really like it. So good fun. Weird. Yeah. Um, like we said at the top of the show, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash dissecting the eighties. Like I said, uh, lethal weapon episode will be up sometime soon this month. If it's not up already by the time this episode comes out. Uh, and then on Christmas day, we put up our annual Christmas Mentary, which is always a secret until we reveal it that day. That's a syncable commentary track, although people have told us they watch them or sorry, don't watch the thing and just listen to it and it still can be enjoyable. So that's a that's a fun little add on there uh, as well. A little bonus. And And uh, it's not not necessarily a Christmas content. Correct. Yes, it is just on Christmas. It is the Christmas present from us to you. Um, I don't think we have done any Christmas content. No, we did. Kid safe the video and. Something. Oh, it, the other thing was Christmas. It was the Muppet Family Christmas. The You're right, Christmas. Muppet Family Christmas. Yeah. So sometimes it's Christmas and sometimes it's not, but it's just a singable commentary we do to close out the year. Uh, but going forward, uh, it'll be the even numbered months will be bonus episodes on Patreon, and then obviously the show will remain biweekly on the main feed. So a lot more content there to share with you. And then as we've had for a long time, our stretch goal there, if we hit it, we'll do monthly bonus episodes on Patreon. Um, if you know, we're trying to 
go halfway there and see if more folks will will join in. And like we said, please let us know what you'd like to see on Patreon because if it's something different than movie reviews or TV reviews or what have you, you know, we'd love to do that. If we, we talk about French fries or snacks or whatever, that's yeah. maybe that's a maybe that's a way to expand what's on Patreon and and do a little bit more for y'all. So let us know and we'll we'll try to figure that out. Connect with us on Facebook. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at, at Dissect the 80s. If you don't already subscribe or follow the show, uh, do that. It helps us a lot. And then uh, it's the end of the year, so your gift to us could be a nice review. We haven't had one, I think, in this whole year. So this if I don't think I'm, so. I'm, I'm about ready to stop asking because it feels like they're not coming. So uh, if you haven't reviewed the show, please do it. And if it's not on uh, iTunes, uh, on the iTunes or the uh, Apple Podcasts, um, please uh, send us a screenshot at dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful holiday and a happy new year. And uh, if you don't come to Patreon, we won't see you until 2023. Thank you so much for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.